Welcome to Clifton Health On Air. I'm your host, Danielle. Welcome, everyone. I'm your co-host, Lauren. We are from the Clifton Health Department, located in Clifton, New Jersey, and we are about 12 miles west of New York City. This is our public health podcast. And today we have uh, two really amazing, um, hardworking individuals with us on the podcast who are very familiar with the city and everything that goes around, around it, right? And today we welcome City Manager Dominic Villano and Health Officer and Director of Health and Human Services, John Beagle. Welcome, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. How is everyone today? We're doing great. Thank great. You. We're excited. Excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for meeting with us today and being on our podcast. So our goal for this podcast is to introduce our audience, the Clifton residents, to the Clifton Health Department, what we do, and who, we, who those we work with, such as the boss man, the city manager, the overall, uh, and the boss man, Mr. 305 himself, the health officer. Yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and before we dive into city manager's role and our form of government, and John having both roles of health officer and Director of Health and Human Services. Let's get to know both of you a little bit better. All right. So we'll start with Nick, if that's yes. okay. Yes. Is it okay to call you Nick yes, or Dominic? Is. All right. Where did you grow up? So I was born in Italy, um, just outside of uh, Naples. I grew up on a farm. I was 11 when I came to the States. It was quite a, uh, quite a change for me to adapt from farm living to the city and uh, so uh, I was uh, I was 11 when I came to the States and uh, just myself I don't have any brothers or sisters so I okay. uh, lived in Harrison New York Westchester County and then uh, you know I moved here to New Jersey nice. and began my career as an engineer first and now as a city manager nice. a changing awesome. career later on in, in life nice uh, engineering, did you go to uh, which? Oh, so I went to a, uh, I wanted to pursue a military career. Okay. So I, I uh, went to Norwich University. It's a private military school in nice. Vermont. And um, just so happened they offered engineering, civil engineering. And that was my, uh, that's what I uh, uh, graduated with, a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering. And most of my career has been in the engineering field, private and uh, public uh, entities. And uh, later on in life, this opportunity came up, and I uh, applied for it, and I became the city manager about 10 years ago. Oh, nice, 10 years ago. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Ah, yeah. That's really great. And city manager, do you know, um, did you know prior to being city manager the roles of the day-to-day -day of what that job entails, or...? Well, most, I'm mostly familiar with the uh, administrator okay. or the strong mayor form of government. Uh, basically, the mayor runs the day-to-day the -day operation. But once I got acclimated uh, with Clifton, I learned of the city manager form and what the duties are, and which are a little bit different than, uh, than the administrator. There's only five or six towns in the entire state of New Jersey that uh, Offer the same type of uh, government form of government, form of and government. that's called the the Faulkner Act, correct? Uh, actually, this is or the city manager the form of form government. Of, uh, city yeah. manager form, yes. Perfect. Mm -hmm. And John, we'll switch over to you. 
Where did you grow up? Yeah, I'm not that exciting. I didn't come from another country. I, you know, I'm a Jersey boy, right? I actually was born in St. Joseph's Hospital, and I um, came right to Clifton. I was born and raised in Clifton on Livingston Street. Graduated uh, Clifton High School, class of 83. I just had our 40th reunion. Had a nice time at a reunion with my bestie, Tom Egan. Nice. And, and you uh, guys had a, a merchant article, right? Yes. We're in there pretty much every month, it seems like. No. But, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I love my, uh, my upbringing, you know, on Livingston Street. and Had a great time there, great friends, and um, great school system. Nice. Even though it challenged me very dearly, but it was a great school system. And you always wanted to be the health officer, or how did? Yes, when I was a little kid, I wanted to come out. No, I, <laughs> I wanted to play football. I wanted to play basketball, but that didn't go too far. Um, but actually, I um, was going to go to school to become an athletic trainer. And because what happened in high school, I was on the uh, fighting Mustangs, and my shoulder kept dislocating. So they told me that you know you can't play anymore. Um, and maybe you want to be part of the team. So I was assisting the athletic trainer who, you know, tapes up everybody, treatments, etc., like that. So I was like, this is great. And I went to Bergen Community for a few years, and I did get my grades up a little, very little. And But I was accepted at Montclair State University um, to become a physical education uh, teacher plus athletic trainer. But after I started getting into the role of athletic training, it was numerous volunteer hours, which was very challenging for me at the time because I needed to work. So two individuals came into a, a class that I have under it was public health, actually. And one was a inspector and one was a health educator. And they started talking about what they did. And I really was interested in what the inspector had to say because a lot of the you know things that they do are inspections of foods and I love food I was like this is a great opportunity right so we I became uh, interested in becoming a health inspector and that's what I did I graduated and then went to the Rutgers course become an inspector I did my internship in the city of Clifton in 1988 uh, I was hired in 1989 as a code enforcement person in the health department so I would go out on um, garbage complaints, rack complaints, all those good things. Mm -hmm. And then I um, took the test to become an inspector in 1990, and that's when I became uh, full-time. So I've been with the city as an inspector, a senior inspector, and then my current position of health officer and director of health and human services since 1990 officially. Nice. That's awesome. That's wonderful. That, that means I'm old. That's what that means. That means you're wise, and yes. and so we we know at the health department that both of you definitely care about public's health. Um, is there kind of something that inspired you to do the work that you do today? Um, well, <clears throat> I think the starting in, in in engineering field sort of prepared me for city manager because primarily you're solving problems you're helping um, residents you know so um, I enjoy what I do I really enjoy this this work although at times it could get a bit hectic mm -hmm. but uh, I truly enjoy helping people getting a thank you every once in a while from a resident that really goes a long way mm -hmm. uh, so I, and and, and uh, working with John is has been a um, headache 
<laughs> I wouldn't say that. Oh. I, uh, I really enjoy working with John as well. I mean, he is, uh, I would say, in the forefront of the health field. And, and clearly some of the uh, projects, some of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, things we've implemented, uh, it comes from the heart. I mean, you know, we, we talk about something and next thing you know, we have a, we have a, uh, a plan for it. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we enjoy what we do. And we enjoy helping people. If you had to do it again, would you do something differently? Well, I was going to be a priest, but I didn't like working <laughs> Sundays, so <laughs> here I am. <laughs> I like that. I, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I really, uh, if I were to do it all again, I, I would probably do, do it the same thing over. Uh, leave out a couple of things and a couple of... Uh, you know obstacles that I encounter along the way, but uh, I, I really enjoy what you know what, what I do. So that's wonderful. Did someone mentor you or mentor or something? Did someone have an impact on your life uh, that you would say you would thank them right now if they were listening? Yes, I do. Uh, several people have helped me along the way. Well, it started with uh, I was 18, just graduating high school, and. I went to see my guiding counselor, and he said, you know, what do you want to be? And I was an 18-year-old kid. You don't know what you want to be. And luckily, there was a, he got a phone call, and I noticed there was a book that had a picture of someone, uh, uh, someone doing construction. So, and then it said the heading on it was civil engineering. I said, well, that seems like something that, you know, I, I love doing. I love building things. So that's really what prompted me to get into the field. Yeah. At the time, you know, I then realize it but I, I would say my father was had the most influence on me and mm -hmm. in, in deciding what you know what to do in my life um, he was older uh, I think it was 41 when I was born so we sort of had a uh, we missed a generational gap you know mm -hmm. yeah. and um, and he had only had a sixth grade education so he wasn't a you know an educated man but he had the experience mm -hmm. and he had you know the the, the, the lumps from from life and uh, you know, I, I guess shame on me for not recognizing that, because back then I thought I knew it all. I'm the educated one. You know, he's only a sixth grade education. But as I play back things and, and things that he's told me and, and how he guided me, mm -hmm. uh, I would say he was my biggest influence. Um, he wanted me to be a, a surgeon. I said, Pop, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not doctor. They always want you to be a surgeon. Well, yeah, yeah, not <laughs> a doctor, you know, a <laughs> surgeon. Yeah. A okay. whole surgeon. Yeah. So then I said, well, that's not happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, but he always inspired me. Uh, and many times he didn't have to say it. I could just see it. Like, I felt like I was under an underachiever. I always felt like mm. I should be pushing myself, do more, you know. And uh, I guess on that premise, we did okay, you know. Okay. We, uh, we made it this far. Yeah. Boy, that was heavy, Nick. That was good. Oof. Wow. Oh, that was I'm, good. I'm, I'm, that I'm was really great. letting it out. Yeah, that was great. That was great. It's 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 tough to like step back and realize that how impactful at the time you're young and your parents aren't that impactful, but now you're sitting in this role as a city manager at the top, essentially of our level. Yeah. And you. It, we come to you now for those, well, those wisdoms and these talks. Well, thank you. Right. Yes. Give me some wisdom, Nick. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, final question for the city manager. Yes. If 
someone listening to this is a young professional, a civil engineer, as, uh, as that was your field, uh, was there some advice or any words of wisdom you would give, uh, give them? Yes. Um, when I started, um, I would take whatever assignment was given to me. Uh, I've noticed some of my friends, some of my colleagues, you know, that's beneath me. Uh, for instance, uh, in engineering, you make prints of, of, of plans. Mm -hmm. Some of my friends, no, I, I, I don't do that. It's beneath me. I, and I never looked at things that way. I always looked at anything you do, you learn from it. And that could be useful one day. I'll give you an example. My father used to make me cut his hair, you know, when I was little. And I'm like, why, are you, why am I doing this? I'm not going to be a barber. But it, it, he, what he was trying to tell me is that, look, you may not use it today, but that can serve you and help you later on in life. And, and I think that's, that's, you know, push yourself. You know, don't be afraid of taking on challenges. Uh, uh, don't have that tunnel vision. You know, you, you absorb everything that you, that, that you can. You know, yeah. be like a sponge and, 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 you know, gain all that information because you never know when you may use it one day. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was awesome. I know someone out there is going to take that in and realize let's 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 make the copy. Let's yeah. do the printing. Let's write something down. Let's do the typing. Cut somebody's hair. Let's cut yes. somebody's hair. Because we are we could be in a pandemic less, again. So <laughs> we might be in a pandemic and we might need it. That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And um, I guess this is more of a question to tie into the form of government that yes. the city of Clifton has. Um, can you tell us, Nick, what is it like to be the city manager? What makes the city manager's role so important in our form of government? Okay. Well, I don't think people realize <clears throat> what, what you do every day or what I do every day. And not to, you know, sell myself. But there's a lot of moving parts. You have 700-plus employees. You have problems that are occurring daily, uh, catastrophes, uh, storms. You know, like last night, I was driving around in the middle of that rain and all. And so it, there's a lot that goes on, and, and you basically... You, I'm sort of the orchestrator. i got to make sure that things get done, so I have to reach out and work with different departments, you know, not only do that, but also uh, uh, give you the tools, help you get the, uh, you know, if you implement the program, well, we got you get the funding and support it. So there's a lot of, like I said, a lot of moving parts. Uh, I enjoy what I do. I really do. And, um, yeah. That's, that's, that's all the residents that you have to deal with, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you're dealing from a garbage complaint to, you know, a building falling down or, mm -hmm. you know, a major catastrophe. So... Right. There's quite a variety of, you know, you're never bored, you know, and uh, and, and I, it's not a nine-to-five type of a job. If, if, if anyone out there thinks that, hey, you know, I'm going to be a city manager one day, I could just, you know, it's not that. You're 24-7, you're, you're always on call, you know, you're basically watching over the entire city. And some of the residents don't say thank you enough, but we're going to say it on our podcast, thank you so yeah. much for everything that you do. I have to, I have to thank Nick. I know I'm kind of going down a turn, but that's how I am. Um, but, you know, his just being a good person, right? And that's what he is. And anytime we go to him for anything with the health department, always listens. Maybe doesn't say yes all the time, <laughs> but I'm wacky too. So, um, but 
you know, and that's the person you need in that position. A person that cares about people, a person that cares about the city, and, that, and that's what Nick is. So, you know, he might have not have the city manager um, college degree. I don't know if anybody does, but he has common sense, and that's what you need in that position and a, and a good heart. So kudos to you, Nick. Thank you, John. That's very nice. I am looking for a raise. I, was, oh. I knew something <laughs> was coming. All right, I'm sorry. I'm only kidding. <laughs> And now we're going to put John Beagle on the hot seat, which is, he loves to be there anyway. So it doesn't Remember matter. who's your uh, supervisor? <laughs> mm -hmm. John Beagle, what is it like to be the health officer of the Clifton Health God, Department? It's so exciting every day to wake <laughs> up and come here. No, you know, you have to think about it. We, um, you know, the health of our 90,000 residents are know in, in our hands and also we have a shared service with the uh, township of little falls so that's another 15 approximately 15,000 people so i mean it, it's it's a it's 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 an honor it's a privilege right because never when i was young i would think i had would have a, in a job like this like where it's so important you know and people might not know what we do right but we know what we do and sometimes you can't see the benefits of what we do, right? We do f food inspections and restaurant inspections, and people don't get sick. And is it because of us, or you know, because of just the the owner doing the right thing? But I would like to hope, think that it was, you know, part of our education process too. So it, it's a great honor to be um, the health officer and director of human services, because human services, uh, you know, we we affect everyone. We don't, you know, ages, you know, we deal with children, we deal with the elderly, we deal with the disabled, special needs, we deal with everyone, right? We want to treat everyone in the city, you know, we, look, we always talk about health equity, right? We want to treat everybody the same way. We don't care if you have a million dollars or two dollars. We want to mm -hmm. treat you the same way, give right. you those same services, and that's why Botany Village Satellite Office was so important, and again, I have to thank Nick and the council for allowing us to do that, because we um, did our community health assessment, yeah. and the need was, you know, to bring those services down to the botany in that area for health equity. So, would you say that was um, a moment that you made, like a proud moment as the health officer was the the botany office, or? Oh, God. Can you tell us about a, a proud moment? Yeah, I mean, that, that's one of them. I mean, just to be able to provide different services for those individuals that, you know, they don't want to come down to City Hall for those services, mm -hmm. right? Whether it be eye screening, mental health screening, any type of screening, right? Um, and we don't just, it's not just the health department, it's our community partners that we deal with. So it's really important that we have those services down there. Um, that that's one I have quite a few, but you know probably the largest or the biggest accomplishment is the January sixth of twenty twenty one, where that was our first day of vaccination clinics, and you know we just came together as a group that day. I mean we've done that prior before that, you know, with the contact tracing, with the pandemic and everything. That was the first day of the vaccination clinics, and if you go back into that time, you have to think of the anxiety that people had and thinking that that vaccine was going to save their lives right um and so the we had to deal with you know not just giving the vaccines but you know trying to get people the necessary appointments and you know people 
there's always complaints about, oh, um, I didn't get into this vaccine clinic. But, and I always ask people, if you could answer this question, if you could answer how do I give 90,000 people that possibly want the vaccine with 300 doses, how, how do we do that? How do mm -hmm. we deliver that? Uh, I would gladly have done that. But unfortunately, we only were receiving 300 doses. So we had to go by the phases with the elderly, uh, not yeah. uh, emergency services, et cetera. So that, I mean, we just came together. It was not just the health department, fire department, police department, uh, board of ed, the, the school nurses, I mean, everybody. We just all came together. And every week on a Wednesday, we would be out there, whether it be six degrees, 20 degrees, you know, 80 degrees, 80 degrees right at the yeah. end. But, um, and, you know, everyone in the health department participated in, and um, in some other departments. But it was, it was a great accomplishment that we took part in, something that was really um, tragic for many people. And I know people look at COVID and said, oh, it was a, you know, maybe it was this or that. But people, a lot of people died during COVID and I think we forget that now unfortunately um, and people say oh with COVID's over it's not over for a lot of people yeah. for a lot of people you know person that died they it, it's mental health issues right or yeah. mental health of having I mean, it or yeah. you know the physical people are still coughing still getting tired all, all those different things so COVID is not done unfortunately right um, so but I, I guess that would be the the mountain the, top the mountain top um, I know that you also did a COVID garden. And we just want to say kudos to that because that commemorated all those right. that were lost. During you know, we want to go out time. there every, I forget when it is, but it's in May, I believe, that we go out there. And, you know, as long as I'm here and I think as long as Nick is here and I hope we carry that on tradition on because not many uh, cities have that. Uh, but I'm proud to be part of that because I think it's really important that we don't forget those people. That. And it's not just for people that passed away. It was for people, emergency responders that mm -hmm. were going out and going to situations where, you know, they didn't know if they were going to get sick or spread it to their families. And they would call me in the middle of the night, and I'm trying to give them guidance. And there was a lot of unknowns at the time. So um, it's not just for the people that passed away. It's for everyone that, you know, went through that. So that it's not just a COVID memorial garden. It's a COVID garden for reflection. Thank you. Um, we're going to backtrack. Was there someone who had a major impact on your life? Well, yeah, I mean, there's quite a few that I could go back to. But, you know, uh, my mother, unfortunately, she passed away when I was young. But I probably drove her crazy. Um, you know, especially in school, I was always a problem child, if you want to say. I was very challenging. And... Um, <laughs> You know, sometimes you feel guilty because, you, you know, when you grow up, you become, I think, closer to your parents and you, you see what they were doing at the time. And her and my father always pushed me. And, you know, I always think how she would feel, you know, or, you know, see me today. And that makes me go, really. That really does. It drives me. So. In your opinion, what makes a great leader? Uh I mean, I think you have to be yourself, yeah. right? I mean... You guys can both answer. Yeah. I mean, for me, I try to be myself. Uh, I'm probably a little wacky, right? I always say, or, you know, I come up with these ideas, and sometimes people shoot me down. But, um, 
and rightfully so. <laughs> you know, I think about it later. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good. One. But I think you have to be yourself. You have to, like what Nick was saying before, you have to. You, you should make copies, or I don't know about cutting hair, but um, <laughs> you know, you have to do everything. You have to lead by example, right? You have Absolutely. to be. You have to put yourself out there, even with the clinics. You know, I, I should have probably stayed in our operations center. Right where it was nice and warm. I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I could not do that. If people were outside cold, I wanted to be outside cold. And maybe it's not correct in you know the books, but that's how I feel. I have to be with everyone, lead by example, and I always try to have a good time. Right, because mm -hmm. we deal with a lot of heartache sometimes, and you know not so nice moments, if you want to say right. But we. We try to make it fun with each other, rely on each other. I mean, I know during the, the pandemic, you know, when we had Zoom meetings, you know, there were some times where people would get off the phone with family members that just lost a loved one. And, you know, we, I know during that time we cried together. I know I cried. You know, we laughed together, you know, but we got through it because of each other. So I think just being a leader is being yourself um, and just leading by example. I echo the same uh, sentiment. Um, I, in fact, I recently heard this, that uh, what makes a good leader, a great leader, is the trust. The trust that the leader has in its people, as well as the people having that trust back with, with the person, with the leader. Uh, and and, I, and as I sat there, and I, I, that makes a lot of sense, because if we don't have, if we don't trust each other, what, what makes your department a, you know, a, as good as it is, one mm -hmm. of the top departments, mm -hmm. is because you all work together, but you trust each other. And you trust that John is going to lead you to whatever the next phase is, and so trust is a, is a, I think it's a key factor. Uh, also, I my uh, manage, management style is leading by example. Uh, I feel that you know you should not be assigning something to someone unless you're willing to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, we could all find excuses. Well, it's not my job, or you know, it's not my. Um, I'm above that. No, you you just. Uh, Show people that you're, uh, you know, you're at their level. You're, you know, you, you can, uh, you can do what they're doing. So if I could do it, then I expect you to do it as well. So. Exactly. Spoken wonderfully from two great leaders. Absolutely. Oh. Is someone else on the podcast? <laughs> like, she's looking for a race. To <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> um, I guess my final question is the same question we asked Nick. Um, John, if a young public health professional wanted some advice, wanted some words of wisdom, what would you tell them? Get out. No. I'm Get out? <laughs> I'm only kidding. No. Do you tell your classmates <laughs> that yes, in do, Montclair actually. State? Yes, I do. Um, no, I, I think whatever you do, you have to really be happy in what you do. Right? I mean, I have to say there's... There's some days where it's just like, oh, God, I don't want to go to work, right? But, you know, I've been here since 1988 you know, on and off, right in the beginning as an intern, and I never hated coming to work. And I think just being happy, whatever you do, that's the key. And, you know, we always say, you know, in our department, what do we say? We always say, try to make a difference in someone's life, right? Mm -hmm. 
I wanted, to, I wanted to up the ante this year. I wanted to say at least two people a day, but I got shot down. Um, they just want to make one person happy a day, Nick. Okay. Um, but no, our, our goal is to try to make a difference in someone's life, right? Whether it be um, in the health department, whether it be in senior center, whether it be recreation, right? You want to make a positive impact on somebody. And I know we're doing that for many people. Um, like with our social service division now, it's created a whole... Oh, God, I can't, you know, I don't have enough words to say how excited I am with that because we have touched a lot of lives, whether it be some special needs children, whether in music therapy or art class. That that was just beautiful to see, like especially the art class when we had our little gallery. Roxanne did a great job um, putting their art, you know, um, <laughs> pictures, etc., up in like where the real, you know, artists put their yeah. items and. Just to see that, I'm so proud of that, and you know, and then with our uh, unhoused population, we've come so long, so far with that, where you know we have some, you know, Nate is doing an amazing job with that, and knowing our individuals, and you know, don't look at people because of their current situation. You, you have to, you don't know where they have come from, right? Yeah. Whether so, always respect somebody's opinion, you know, always listen to them. And because you don't know where they walk, right? You, you, what do they say? If you don't walk in somebody's shoes, you can't say something. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good with those quotes, but you're good with that, Nick. But, um, but just, just respect people, respect everyone, right? And try to make a difference in their lives. Thank you so much for this discussion. We really appreciate your time. We know you guys are both very busy, great leaders running this. So. We just want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. Thank you for inviting yes. us. It's, yeah. uh, it's been fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. For yeah, I was going to say on. this was my highlight here, but, you know, but no, this is a great, um, you know, we talked about this and just to see this in action, I, I'm excited for the future with this too. So, Thank you. Thank you. I hope it reaches a lot of those young professionals and mm, all of our community residents to know that. We have two amazing leaders um, helping us on day to day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in to our podcast every other Monday for a new episode. If you have any questions, you can email us at health at cliftonnj.org. Visit our website, www.cliftonnj.org. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Our handle is Clifton Health. And before we leave, John, what do you ask us before we leave every day? Did you make a difference in someone's life today?